podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, Cobblers fan and proud owner of Track NN and Cafe Track. Track NN is a social enterprise set up in 2018 to support autistic people to access employment through training, support services and creating opportunities. Research showed that just 16% of autistic adults were in full-time employment and this is something which we are going to change. We opened our cafe on the Market Square in Northampton in January 2019 as a place where individuals could work and develop their employability skills and also be a place where people were free to be themselves. Since opening the cafe in January 2019, we have supported 36 people into paid employment and created over 75 work experience placements and visits for individuals. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've not been able to open Cafe Track to its full capacity and we've instead taken our offering online. You can help support us by buying coffee virtually at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Your money goes to helping us to continue to create opportunities for autistic adults to gain employment. Hello Cobblers fans, not that we deserved it, but neither Sunderland or Ipswich decided to help us out on Tuesday night, so Town find themselves below the dotted line and looking relegation to League 2 squarely in the face. All we can do now is try to relax and give it all we've got, starting with the big one against Posh. Welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. again and he's got it Gavin was closing in oh Gavin has scored Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not to three yes hello my name is Charles and together with Jeffy this week we're here to keep your spirits up as much as we can as the cobblers get their passports checked at the border before taking on that lot that play in blue and win all the time how are you, Jeff? Are you okay, mate? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Could be worse. You know, it's it's one of those, I think, this week. I'm accepting fate. <laughs> I accepted that a long time ago, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I accepted it the day we won the playoffs. No, no, no. Don't be so <laughs> pessimistic. Absolutely nonsense. Uh, it's one of those, isn't it? We've sort of got on Tuesday night, I've never known our Slack channel to be so alive on a day when the cobblers aren't even playing a game of football. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Loads of loads of fun flying around. Uh, I think eventually we ended up just sort of ignoring the football and talking about random 
objects that we might like to see play in cobbler's shirts that might just be a better team than what we've got right now uh it was it was one of those i mean did, did you watch any of the results coming in on tuesday were you even bothered or did you just kind of not even worry about it yeah so i, I didn't really take much notice of um it really i took it with a pinch of salt and i actually laughed to myself when i saw them because they were all so ridiculous but i was kind of expecting it because we get to that point, don't you, where you have kind of 10, five, 10 games left and those teams that are absolutely desperate start to panic. And I mentioned that last week, didn't I? And mm. kind of said, well, you know, at some point, those teams that are really cut adrift at the bottom are going to have some real shock results because suddenly they realise they're playing for their contracts. And I think that's the problem with us. It wasn't so desperate. I think if it was more desperate, we might have had a bit more hope, but I think we've kissed goodbye to that now. So... It is what it is. Onwards and downwards, then back upwards, I guess. <laughs> hopefully. I, I suppose that's the way that you'd have to look at it, is hopefully we'd come back up. I don't necessarily have that much faith that that would Seven years, Charles. Seven years. Oh, don't. I haven't got seven years left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's one of those, isn't it? I mean, the Cobblers are now definitely in the relegation zone and, you know, well in the mire. 40 points. We're a point behind Wigan, who were ahead of us in 20th. I mean, remember, at the start of the season, we did say if we finish 20th, that'll be a good season. And that will be essentially what we're aiming for. We can still do it. And as much as there is part of me that at the end of every single game, including the ones that were played on Tuesday night uh, that didn't involve us, it's not like we're 20 points adrift at the bottom of the league and it's impossible. There is still hope, but it is the hope that kills us, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, because that hope will just flicker out like a little candle and it will just start to die. But we oh, it's really annoying because it's like that that kind of painful, sluggish death, isn't it, that, that we, we know it's going to happen and it's just a case of we've held, like we've clung on for dear life for, for weeks and we've just teetered above the top of of that dotted line and it was inevitable really and we've just it's it's that Leeds year all over again but just a couple of games earlier isn't it we'd mm. got ourselves out of trouble with those two good results what against Portsmouth way back along and if we'd have just even if we'd have drawn a few more we'd have been all right but we haven't done it and then we're now we're just like pushing ourselves back down the other way so a little bit frustrating but I mean there's worse things that can happen in life that's how I see it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, one thing that I will say is that there's five games left to play for us. And, you know, they're all difficult, obviously. We're playing teams that are, you know, fighting for playoffs and promotion automatically and all this, that and the other. Um, but to start us off, uh, I think at least we've got a game where form doesn't really tend to necessarily count. I mean, I, I say that generally speaking for all derby games, uh, not just ours. Um, so there I, is. I don't think. I don't think for, yeah, there is absolutely. But I don't think form actually really comes into to any games in any leagues in the last four or five matches. I really don't um, because you, like I said earlier, you've got the likes of Wigan who are cut adrift, who are now just going to literally throw everything at it. And I think you know we have to do that as a club. And if we don't, then you know you've got to question what's going on. But. We literally have to launch it. If I was Brady, I'd chuck all the kids on on Friday and just hope for the best. All the chuck kids? Chuck them all on. What, the under all sevens? Of all of them. Chuck all them all on. <laughs> 
just because just you know what we if we lose with those players on the pitch the same it would be the same outcome with the players we've got already right so just roll the dice have a go if we get absolutely slaughtered five nil we get slaughtered five nil with the team that we've got at the moment we'd still be slaughtered five nil so do you know what i mean it's like let's just have a go chuck it on chuck everything on all right, all right. Well, look, let's not get too pessimistic. It is the derby. We, there is a, a chance, you know, there's 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 fight somewhere. Maybe more along Abington Street than uh, actually at London Road on Friday night, but you never know. Joining us this week is not one, but two special guests, uh, both of which seem to have a speech impediment as they can't say the word Nen correctly. From the Yellow Block podcast, we've got Dan and Keith. How are you doing, guys? You okay? I uh, thanks for having us. Very well, thank you. It's a I, I well, I no, it's not a pleasure to have you here. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. You're here, and that'll do. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pleasure for us. You know, it's, you know, we're going to take three points, and then we're happy to take them. Then we're going to go for a swim in the Neen, as that's what it's called. Yeah, oh. there's a split diagraph in there. It's an E and an N and an E. It's a it's Neen. I'm impressed with your knowledge of split diagraphs. I, I've got a kid in uh, in year two. <laughs> I wouldn't have known it without that. <laughs> it's wrong though just FYI yeah, he's also wrong, got a top knot <laughs> yes that makes all my points valid, doesn't it so <laughs> uh, well look obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get it we'll get it straight out of the way you are on course for promotion this year because essentially for once you've not bottled it yet um, so how are you guys feeling at the moment good fantastic we're not on course for promotion we're on course for winning the league and I've said that for the last eight months that we're going to win the league. I didn't even believe myself two months ago, but now I really do. And I honestly think we are going to win the league. Hull obviously ahead of you at the moment. They've played a game more, um, but their goal difference is much better. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Hull's going to be an issue. Um, Obviously, we've got that game in hand and yeah, the goal difference might come into play, but they've got games coming up that, you know, ideally... On paper for us, we think they can drop points. I think definitely, given some of their performances against these top-end teams, you know they can definitely drop points. So, you know, Sunderland's massive for them. Uh, Plymouth, I think, could be a, a little dice roll. So, yeah, it's, there's definitely results to, to come, and I'm not worried. Yeah, you've definitely got the easier running, I think, looking at your fixtures. I mean, after us, Gillingham, Charlton, Doncaster, Lincoln... Um, it's not like it's well yeah it's not like you've got to face one of your promotion rivals so on paper at least you, you probably are right Keith you probably are um you know there to go and win it but you know it is posh you do normally bottle it yeah but we've not bought the league like this in in the past well, uh, well yeah that's true yeah that's right I mean, what do you put that down to? Do you just because you've had new investment, haven't you? Over what the last year, two years, is it? Two years, yeah. So is that has that dramatically changed what you've been able to do? I know you've got the new stadium on the way and everything. Of course, the investment helps, but it's it's mainly been in infrastructure and, and youth. So I think the majority of that investment has gone to the future of the club and obviously the new stadium that's coming. So yeah, of course, it's going to help and and we grow on it. But you know, this season we've brought in players like Smodix and and uh, JCH with with the money that we got from Tony and it's just you know our recruitment time and time again has been fantastic because we uh you know we approach all the good players so it is true I mean from the from the outside in I mean there's plenty of Cobblers fans that say this on social media is that um 
we should be now I, I would never say this so I, I'm quoting this but we should be more like posh in terms of the way that you invest in players so you go you know you've you've got that whole thing of going into non-league buying the best players from non-league and okay not all of them work out for you but a lot of them do and a lot of them work out in a really big way and go on to make you an incredible amount of money but that's based on Dara McCantony. He's been doing it for absolute years. The amount of years we've had the best player in the league, and not just by a little bit, by a fair way. I mean, you look at Ivan Tony, Dwight Gale, Osama Belonga, George Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott. We've had Marcus the Madison. best players in the league. Yeah, Marcus Madison as well. Still the most talented player in League Two, if he could be bothered to play in League Two anymore. Um but that's all down to DMAC having his scouts watching non-league football and picking out absolute gems. And that's the quality that he's got in his eye for players. There's no other owner in any of the leagues that pays that much attention as he does, in my opinion. Do you think that he is the best chairman in the Football League? By far. I mean, he's definitely up there. I mean, in fairness, one of those things is that we always do look at it and and go, you know, you've always got the same names ringing around, don't you? Andy Holt at Accrington, um, Dara, you know, always gets mentioned in that that conversation. Um, The one thing that I I would say, though, is that what if he walks away? Are Are you worried about that happening? What if he gets bored at some point? I mean, it's not like he's, you know, Peterborough born and bred. No, he's had the chances to walk away. I mean, he he said towards the end of last year that he was that confident of us getting promoted that if we didn't, he would step away from the club. And, you know, he uh, he found a way around it and stepped down as chairman and made himself El Presidente. So, you know, he's he, he's had the chance in the past to sell the club. He's had the chance to, to walk away and, and take a, a backseat role and let others run it. And, you know, he's, he's proven time and time again that this club is number one priority for him. Uh, so... Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I think we can, you know, definitely use his expertise again and again and again when it comes to signing these players, like he said. And, and yeah, like financially, we're not going to be, we're going to be strained in the, in the upper leagues. Tell you what, the uh, two other owners we've got, Randy and Stuart, uh, they're absolutely fantastic guys, very vocal on social media. Um, they are very clearly businessmen. Um, yeah, they've got the club's interest at heart, but they're there to make the club make money. So the new stadium, for them, it is all about making money. But in doing that, they're making us probably a bigger club than what we are, because bigger stadium, bigger club, more fans. Um, and they're bringing more attraction to Peterborough, making us a better city. Um, obviously, Peterborough, no one's coming on holiday to Peterborough. But when we're in the championship, you've got Middlesbrough. Their fans might come for a weekend here rather than just travel at four in the morning to come here for a three o'clock kickoff. Whereas if we can bring them and stay the Saturday night at a hotel that's outside our brand new fantastic stadium, it makes the city a better place to be. It makes it more inviting. If you're coming to London Road, which, let's face it, is a bit of a hole, it's not six fields, it's better than that, but it's not the nicest place to come. 
with the new stadium, it does bring that new excitement and it's another place that other fans haven't been to. So do you think then in, in this, let's give this the, the ideal situation for Peterborough United fans. So you get promoted, you sustain in the championship and you get this new stadium. Do you think as as fans of that football club, obviously I'm extremely biased the other way, but as fans of your football club, is that reachable? Do you, do you think it's sustainable as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. I think it's going to be quite difficult to stay up, but I think with the right recruitment, we can do. Um, the championship's obviously a ridiculous and difficult league to stay in once you come up because of the money that's already there. But when we go up, staying up, if we do for the first season, I think four or five years' time we'll still be there. Yeah, it definitely comes down to building. I mean, obviously, last time we were only up for, for the two seasons and the second season came thick and fast and we just couldn't really handle it. So, you know, this this year, it's like he said, it's all going to be about recruitment. It's going to be about, you know, building on the players that we've got as the foundation and, and getting in those extra players. But what we didn't have last time that we will have this time is that Tony money. Obviously, we've already got so much of it already in, but, you know, praying, and I am praying, sorry to Brentford fans if they're listening, you know, I'm praying that they don't go up. I'm praying they bottle it because Tony does not stay in the championship another year. They sell him for 25, 30 million, similar to what Ollie Watkins went for. And we take however much of that is, it's think it's 20, 30% or something. And we have more money to invest. We have more money to build on. And it's only going to benefit us in the long run. Yeah, that is one big advantage. I, I saw 35 million pounds in the media earlier on this week. Um, Brentford saying that's what they want, apparently. I think it's um, a yeah, well, yeah, I do, to be fair. I mean, you don't have a, a player like him banging the goals at the championship and only only take five million quid for him, do you? That would be absolutely ridiculous. I, w- I will say that, you know, as much as I hate the fact that whenever we're in League One together, you're always at the top end and we're always at the bottom, whenever you do actually eventually get into the championship, it's always fun from our perspective on the basis that you can guarantee at least one of those seasons, whether it's the first or the second, because you've been lucky in the first. You always come straight back down. A bit like us with League One to League Two. You're just that one step on the ladder ahead of us. And I mean, I know you guys, you know, you'll be laughing at the fact that we're facing relegation back to League Two at the moment. This time next year, we'll be laughing for the same reason that you're coming back down to League One. You hope. Well, history. History shows, doesn't it? I mean, you've already said the championship is crazy. When you get into that, the amount of money that... All the big clubs are throwing around. I mean, it's 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 a ridiculously difficult league to stay in. I mean, you you can make a good go at it, of course you can, and you know you might get that one season. But a bit like if you look with Sheffield United in the Premier League this season, you get to that second season and you you just can't compete with the clubs that are able to throw around, you know, sixty seventy thousand pound a week to you know three or four players. Don't forget, there's also there's absolutely zero salary salary cap in in the championship. I know there's not going to be one in League One either next season, but there's nothing there to actually help you guys as a smaller club as you would be in the championship to be able to actually survive for long enough to then become one of those big spending big boys. Well, I, th- I think that's where our trust in our youth comes in. To be honest, you know it's. I appreciate what you're saying. You know, we're not going to have the money to to make these marquee signings to to you know guarantee uh, a good go of it. But 
you know, we, we've got fantastic players coming through the youth uh, and, and that we've poached off of the teams. You know, like Ronnie Edwards, for example, at centre-back, he's going to be fantastic in, in a couple of seasons' time. You know, Ricky J. Jones is already on the cusp of, of coming into the team. Harrison Burroughs is already starting and, you know, he's only, you know, just gone 20 or something. So, you know, our youth is fantastic. It's only going to going to excel and it's only going to bolster the team. So, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, if we go up, which we should do, I'm, I'm not counting my chickens yet, but, you know, I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I think our squad would play well in that league. It's already a team built for it in terms of play style. It's just, at times, the play style doesn't very cope very well in League One. You know, it's you sometimes have to resort to a, to a Route One approach and the players that we have at the moment, especially, don't always suit it. So, you know, going up to that extra step where we can use the quality of the players a bit more, I, I think we'll we'll strive for it. So let's, um, you've already mentioned Ivan Tony. We've already talked about him a little bit. I mean, before we started pressing recording uh, on, on the episode, we had a little quick chat about him. Um, obviously, there are quite a few players that have played for both teams, Ivan being one of them. I mean, when he, when he signed for you from, from Newcastle, I mean, he'd obviously had a few loan spells in different different clubs uh, across the Football League. I mean, what were you, what were your initial thoughts and how much did you think that you saw of him in terms of growth? Because, I mean, when he left Northampton, he was quite a scrawny lad. Good, and obviously had quality that, that Newcastle saw in him. But, I mean, you look at him and he's a completely different shape, let alone footballer. I wasn't that excited by him, actually. Um, he was he was okay. It was, it was a decent signing, but it wasn't someone that I was like, oh, get him, we've got Ivan Tony. Um, but the way he grew with us and just made us so much better and made every player in our team better, it's just phenomenal. Like He's, in my opinion, going to go down as one of the best players that I've seen in a posh shirt. I think with Tony, the thing with him is that he, nothing seems to really phase him, like, even when he was a really young lad and he, he, he effectively, single-handedly kept us in the league. Um, and, and nothing seemed to bother him. He almost kind of just, just every, he takes everything in his stride, doesn't he? And he, he's just this, and even now when you look at it, he's just this kind of player that it doesn't matter what game this is, put the ball at his feet and he's going to score. He's one of those really you don't even need to put, unique. You don't even need to put the ball at his feet anymore. Like, just put it within 10 yards of him and he's either going to score himself or create an opportunity to score, or at least that's how it felt when he was sort of playing with us. I'm sure Brentford fans feel the same about him now. Like, he's just that good of a player. He doesn't even need an opportunity. He either creates it for himself or he puts it on a plate for someone else. Yeah, I think, I think when we first made the signing, to be honest, it was more about uh, a need in the squad. You know, we didn't really have a, a really physical player, someone to put themselves about. So it was just, you know, getting someone who can even just come off the bench and, and make those you know those bodies those those block offs just just get something around the ball to to hold it up for a couple of seconds to push players up and then obviously as you, as you've mentioned you know he, he grew into the side you know we learn how to use his strengths a bit better and then he just came on leaps and bounds you know you look at the the several 40 50 yard bangers that he scored you know he's he scored every type of goal imaginable he scored hat tricks he scored fours you know so he became this fantastic player and I don't really think that any posh fan was expecting it, even given our track record in recruiting. 
Yeah, he was he was a brilliant player for you. We also had um, a couple of others, didn't we, from from Peterborough? Zakwani, uh, another one. What did you make of him? I think he was quite a, a fan's favourite at the Cobblers because he was a fairly solid defender when we really needed it. What was he like for you? Legend. He's a club legend for us. Yeah, club legend. I mean, we had him for coming on ten years, I think. He would literally run through brick walls. Played with, I think he played with a broken toe. He would do everything for the club. Wasn't the best player in the world, but he loves the posh. And that's the sort of person that you want at the club. Someone who absolutely loves football, loves your club and will do anything for it. He's the kind of player, isn't he, that that kind of was the glue that held the defence together. And I, I get the impression that that's the same for you guys. For For us, I actually do think that we probably didn't see the best of him because he was surrounded by mediocre players. So actually, and he I was think had he most of the time wasn't he? exactly <laughs> yeah as well. But if uh, if he was in a, a a stronger team, I think it'd have been even better for us. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's that kind of player. You know, he, he's just screams strength, and you know that kind of experience. You know, he's played at international level. He's he's played in in every level of the football league. So that kind of experience is invaluable to any team, be it you know some some crappy team from the other side of the river or, or posh. <laughs> you mentioned the fact that he was a legend and you know he loves the club so when he signed for us what was your reaction to that happening he needed somewhere to retire <laughs> for, for me I, I took it as, as nothing but ease you know I, I don't think any posh player in their right mind would would help would have hold anything against Saquani you know he's given everything for the club so you know he can go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants after that time and I think for him, it was just, a, you know, it was close, it was convenient and it was, you know, a relatively half decent, so I hate myself for saying that, but <laughs> you know, it, was, it was it was someone to play for that wasn't in the in the lower divisions. So, you know, fair play to him. He, he got paid for it, I think. Okay. Um, uh, another, another player and the, the last one that we'll talk about, there's been, there are, there, there are so many, um, but we've got to kind of keep this within well, I suppose living memory for, for well, for Jeffy at least. Um, so the last pick that we've gone for is uh, is Langer's, Kelvin Langmead, who I think it's fair to say when he first came over to this side uh, of the Nen, uh, wasn't really very good, and not least for the first season that he was with us, but then turned into a player that actually was, was often first name on the team sheet. Um and also the fact that he could play both up front and in defence. Always, I think players like that, they always end up warming to fans, don't they? Or, or vice versa, the fans warming to them. Um, I don't think you've, you've got the same necessarily opinion of, of Langers as you, as you do as Aquani, though, have you? I mean, I'll be honest, I, I, I don't really remember him that well. Um, you know, I, th- I think... It, it, it was just one of those rotating players, you know. We had a lot of players in in the early 2010s that were coming in and coming out, and he was just caught up in the the constant shuffle. You know, we were going through players like like nobody's business. You know, ten in, ten out a season. So that sounds familiar. I mean, he yeah, he was he was fairly famous for us uh, for the first season because he scored. Uh, well, he conceded with his hand. Um, an own goal when we were already losing seven. It was, we lost seven two or something, wasn't it? So he had a lot of redemption 
uh, that he had to kind of fix. And he, I don't know how he managed to claw it back, but he did. He became club captain, didn't he, Charles? Yeah, he did. He did, he did captain the a side while for a ago, while. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, he, he became. I wouldn't say that he was a fan's favourite, but the the fans warmed to him. And yeah, um, he was a solid solid player. Yeah. Um. So let's turn our attention, if you don't mind, guys, to uh, Friday night. Obviously, oh, the game's awesome. been moved. <laughs> really? <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Um, game's been moved. It's now a seven forty-five kickoff. No idea why you guys didn't want a seven o'clock kickoff. I mean, any idea what that's all about, Dan? Or is it just one I, of those things? No idea. I found out. I think it was yesterday when they posted it on Twitter um, that it had been moved. I I can't think why it would be. Um, I, yeah, no, I, I have no idea to be honest. It's fair enough. One. Fair enough. It is a bit of a weird one. I I, I mean, I, yeah. Most games have been kicking off at about seven o'clock for us uh, midweek and in the evening. Um, so yeah, a bit strange. Um, so Friday night under the lights at London Road or whatever sponsor you've given it recently. Western Homes, I think it is now. That's it. Yeah, um, which is basically what the stadium is going to become yep. in the next couple of years, probably. Uh, God knows why anyone would want to live there, but you know, each to their own. Um, under the lights, then. Do you think that's a different prospect to you guys? Sometimes we used to say um, back when we could go to football that football under the lights on a on a Tuesday night or a Friday night, if that ever happened, uh, as it did once in a blue moon, was always just a little bit better than a Saturday afternoon. Uh, you guys have that same opinion or feeling watching posh in midweek and night games? Yeah, there's always goals in the evening games, aren't there? You know, when it kicks off a bit later, if things are a bit cooler, players can get themselves out about a little bit so I think it's it's as much as it's you know probably want to gonna hear this but uh, I think it's gonna benefit us a lot more than it is you um just for you know the pace that we've got and, and the goals that we can create any particular reason I'm, I'm just trying to work out the, the like you know the science of that almost um you know it's what four or five hours difference from a three o'clock kickoff I mean surely and I, I just mean this in general in football terms surely just playing a bit later in the day doesn't necessarily make you better. Oh, no, of course not. But I mean, in terms of, you know, sort of energy output, I guess, you know, if it's if it's hotter, you're going to sweat more, you're going to lose your energy quicker. So, you know, just that, that little bit of coolness in the air, it's going to provide players with a little bit more uh, get and go, I suppose. Okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, there's been some memorable games down the year, probably more so for you than for us, uh, as is always the way. But, it would be remiss of me not to remind you of uh, a couple of occasions. Um, first of all, I mean, Jeffy. Orr. What was he doing up there? You, yeah, well, there you go. You know, Samo, absolutely <laughs> blinding, just sneaking in at the back post. Uh, no right to do so way back when in the 2000. The, the worst thing about this is, is that we're talking about, you know, 20 years ago. That's the that's the worst bit of this. But I mean, in fairness, it's not like we've played each other every single year for those past 20 years. Uh, so maybe it's not so bad. Um, but literally, the only other one that really comes to mind is uh, is good old Scott McLeish megging St. Ledger before going through and, uh, and, and slotting it into the net. Um, but it's one of those. I mean, the last time that obviously we've we came to your place. You, you, well, you were the end of end of days, really, weren't you, for for old Rob Page, um, and and just 
we just, I, I just don't know what it is. There is some sort of hoodoo. It's a derby, and yet you are clearly the better side in it. And I'm sure you love the fact that that is the case. Um, it's, but, it's certainly nice to have bragging rights. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it'll be lovely on Saturday morning to wake up having surprisingly hammered you. I mean, it's not going to happen, obviously. I'll wake up five minutes You'll later. You'll still be dreaming then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it, the fact is, is that Derby games are different. And I think the the one issue that I've got, or and I think this goes for both teams, but more so towards us, is that because there's no fans, there's not going to be that added intensity of an atmosphere. And in a way, it might actually make it a better game for the fact that the players might just feel like they're able to just go out there and express themselves. And I mean this in terms of both sides, because there's not the the intensity of the crowd behind them. Um, and I'm yeah, just exactly. wondering whether that will lessen the experience of the Derby game. I mean, honestly, I think it will. You know, it's, it's a fixture that, you know, we normally tend to see some dirty challenges in, you know, there's a lot of animosity between the fans and, you know, quite often there's there's a nice little red card as well. So, you know, in in the past, these these fixtures have been fun, you know, for, for just fans of football, <laughs> not just fans of the, the you know, posh, because, you know, it's less fun for you. Um, but, no, I think, you know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. The fans aren't there. It's just, it's not going to be what we're used to in terms of uh, the Neen Derby. You know, I think... If we're being honest, this is just going to be a professional performance. You know, we're gonna we're gonna come in, do the job, and get out. It's it's not going to be as we're used to it. Okay. Um. Well, to to round it off, we always do predictions, which is going to be fun this week. Um. <laughs> so we'll start off. I mean, prediction wise, Jeffy, we'll start with you, mate. We're gonna lose five nil. Are you just going straight in? Are you straight yep. in with that? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and actually, can I can can I can I keep going with that for a minute, Charles? Well, what, make lose... it seven. Yeah, go for it. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> we're going to lose five nil. Yeah. And I honestly believe that if we come out of that match with anything like any anything more than that in terms of like conceded less goals, credit. It's still got <laughs> yeah, still got eleven players on the pitch. That kind of thing. Yeah. I'd see that as a good day out. <laughs> Uh, do you know, it, it's so hard, this, on the basis of because of we're at polar opposites in the league table and in just being any good. Um, it, it is so hard. However, it is a derby and there is just something that, that tells me that my pessimism is going to be rewarded, I think, in a way. And I think... You're brave. I think we might get a draw. You're so brave, Charles. I am, I am so brave, but I can't. I can't say that we're going to lose. I can't do it. I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw, and it's going to be the worst game of football that any of us have ever seen in our lives. It is going to be so bad, but in a good way because we don't get beat. And I think all hope, realistically, of of getting anything out of the game is completely gone now that Alex Jones has been declared as injured. I think the one, I mean, all, all the one hope player left me four or five weeks ago. <laughs> the one player for me that I thought, you know, when he's come on, I mean, he scored with his first touch and on his, on his debut against Charlton. He won the penalty at the weekend. I, you know, the one player that every Cobblers fan has been crying out for 
to start games was a was definitely going to start this game by the sounds of it, by what Brady was saying and what was coming out of the club and 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 in the paper and everything. And now he's injured. Just chuck the kids on. <laughs> Just do it. Um, final word, boys, is always to you guys. Keith, a prediction. I've got a feeling this is going to be double figures. Well, actually, we've won, won the last three 2 nil, So I'm going to go for another 2 nil. I'm not overly confident. You can take form out of it. You can take quality out of it. It's still a derby game. And with six games left of the season, you're fighting for your lives. So you're really going to want to step it up against us. It's not going to be an easy game for us, but I still think that we'll win. Cool, Keith. <laughs> you have no idea what's going to happen on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> You've not... <laughs> Done. Well, see, it's funny you say that because... Last time I, ch- I checked, and I'd, I'll be honest, I don't check in on you often, but last time I did, you know, I, I, from memory, you beat Portsmouth, was it 4-0? So I, I didn't default. Actually, pure default. I didn't realise you were you were this poor. I mean, obviously, you were always going to be poor, but I didn't know it was this bad. Um, I, I guess, you know, based on, on past performances and the fact that this is the, the, the biggest gimme in terms of our remaining fixtures, I, I think it's 4-0 posh. I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever happens on Friday, it's going to take an absolute miracle, I think, from our point of view, for us to get anything out of it. All we can do is is really cross our fingers and toes. But look, it is the derby. It is the big one. You've got to just forget about what's gone before and everything that's happened. And you've just got to go out there. And if you're playing in Claret and White, you've just got to give absolutely everything. And if you're playing in blue and white, then you can just fucking have an off day for once. All right? Can I just, can I send out a public service announcement to the Brady Bunch? Yeah, floor's yours, Jeffy. Go for it. Right. The Brady Bunch. If we get relegated, then so be it. Okay. But you have to win this game. If we're going to go down, you have to win this game. I don't care how you do it. I don't care who you play. You have to win this game. Find a way. Because if we're going to go down, we're all going to be miserable. But at least we'd be slightly less miserable if we beat Posh. Equally, if we win, please, which is unlikely, obviously, please, could we continue that so we could stay up? Thank you very much. Public service announcement finished. (laughs) Thanks for listening to It's All Cobblers to Me. Hit the subscribe or follow button in your podcast app to never miss an episode. We'll be back next week and there is literally only one way to finish this episode. Fuck the posh. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.